ShotGlassDigital.com. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. It's all about celebrating your love of a galaxy far, far away. And Little Debbie is the fan's choice for all those sweet moments. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. From Tops comes the all-new digital card collecting app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars Episode 7: The Force Awakens. All from the comfort of your mobile device. Star Wars Card Trader. These are the cards you're looking for. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. 11 weeks away until the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens in theaters here in the U.S. and all over the world. Some countries getting a little bit earlier. Link France so far is the uh, earliest, getting it like December 15th or 16th, something like that. But the fun part of this is listening and reading mainstream media coverage of Star Wars. We haven't had it, I don't think, at a fever pitch like this for a long, long time, perhaps since uh, the build-up and the anticipation to Star Wars Episode One, It's just, uh, some of it's downright hilarious, um, because, you know, we've been covering Star Wars for nine years here, and um, but but to see, you know, these big outlets uh, kind of try to make sense of all this is actually kind of fun. So, um, Anyway, but you're here for Rebel Force Radio this week's show for October 2nd, 2015. And speaking of mainstream media, there's probably, uh, there, there's the, in the United States, there's probably not many bigger publications than the Chicago Tribune. And with me, my good friend and yours, recently featured in the Chicago Tribune from Chicago. Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Jason, can you see I have all the, the black ink smudges all over my fingertips from uh, reading too many newspapers? Well, I just wonder how many copies did you get? Because this finally showed up uh, in the uh, the print edition of the Chicago Tribune this past Sunday. But I just I, I picture you running out and clearing out all those little, you know, corner stand machines <laughs> and getting your hand. I mean, what a sp- Spread this was. I mean, well, we, it was impressive enough seeing it online. But when you posted the photos of how it looked in the newspaper, I mean, we the story, uh, which does very prominently feature you, uh, gets front page treatment. It's the front of the arts and entertainment section. Uh, there are multiple pictures. Uh, it's just it was it was incredible. It was much larger than I ever thought it was going to be. 
I had a feeling it was going to be something big, but it, this was, yeah, Jason, way bigger than I thought it would be. The, the, the article is, uh, is titled, it has a few different titles, which is kind of funny. In the print edition, it was called Older They Are, you know, like Yoda. As the new Star Wars movie looms, many of the franchise's original fans are as devoted as ever. And then you see a picture of me standing amid my Star Wars collection. Uh, I am in the actual action figure closet with the... That's uh, funny, because mine says older he is. That's the the headline for mine. Uh, If you keep reading, uh, yeah, it's... (laughs) As a matter of fact, right out the gate, they they talk about... uh, 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 writer Chris Borelli, who's just a great guy, and I, I've been working with Chris on this story going back to March, actually. So, uh, you know, it's all about growing up as an original trilogy fan from the 70s, who was a kid in the 70s, too. I should point that out. I mean, this is a very specific generation, a very specific focus on a certain age for Star Wars fans. It's it's the, the fans who were young when the original movie hit the silver screen, who are now adults with their own kids, their own families, mortgages, careers, you name it, and balancing all that adult stuff, all that grown-up stuff, with your undying love and passion for the Star Wars franchise. What's well, there was, you know, there was a time when you just said Star Wars fan, and now, because it is so multi-generational... You have segments of Star Wars fans. True. Somebody posted on our Facebook page, after reading the article, they complained that the Clone Wars generation didn't get even a mention in the article. And so the first thought I had was, there's a Clone Wars generation? (laughs) Because really, I always sort of considered prequels and Clone Wars to be part of the same era of fandom. But I thought about it for a minute, and I realized, you know... My son Dylan was born in 2002. He wasn't old enough to to enjoy seeing any Star Wars films in the theater during the prequel era. And he latched on to the characters and adventures during the clone the run of the Clone Wars cartoon on Cartoon Network. So it got me thinking there actually is a Clone Wars generation, but it's hard to really pinpoint that down because it falls in just this little little slice of fandom between the prequels and now the sequels. Yeah, you know, I kind of liken it to if the original fans, and I mean the fans that were kids during the 70s, as you say, is sort of like the baby boom generation and the... Uh, you know, perhaps this new generation that's going to grow up with just this incredible onslaught of Star Wars is the uh, the millennial generation liking it to. Then you kind of got like X and Y kind of shoved in there a little bit. You got the prequel guys and then you got the expanded universe uh, fans and then you have the Clone Wars fans. So it's like these like you're, you're right. It's 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 a smaller pocket. It's a smaller segment of fans that identify themselves and were drawn into the property through those particular, uh, you know, projects. Yeah, you're right. You know, being an, I never thought about like what generation am I really part of? Because being an eight year old in 1977 sort of puts me at the very beginning of generation X, but I could also be considered at the very, very tail end of the baby boomers. So I'm I'm sort of in that kind of gray area a little bit. And um 
And to me, I consider myself part of the Star Wars generation. That's really what kids my age had that identified us. That was that was our culture. That was the youth culture of the 70s was Star Wars from 77 onward. So I, I don't consider myself a baby boomer or a Generation Xer. I consider myself part of the Star Wars generation and proud to say so. And that's what this article is about. The people who are part of the Star Wars generation who now are grown-ups and just how the balance is there. And I'm so, I was just so pleased with the way it turned out. The first time I talked to uh, Chris Borelli, he told me that the story was going to be the focus on middle-aged Star Wars fans. He kept saying it over and over again, middle-aged Star Wars fans. I'm like, dude, please, <laughs> stop it. But I, I get it, you know, I get it. And when it appeared on the online edition, the headline was, For Star Wars fans in middle age, force is still strong. Getting older you are. (laughs) What it means to reach middle age with Star Wars. And, uh, you know, it's not like I sit around and I think about... I'm not into the culture of being middle-aged, let's just say. And somebody looked at the picture of me standing in the uh, Star Wars room, sort of facing outward looking like I'm contemplating something or just being thoughtful, lost in my thoughts. And uh, someone said it looked like a Cialis commercial. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I, I hate to break it to, uh, to people out there that, you know, it kind of dawned on me when I turned, when I went from my mid thirties to my late thirties and I started thinking of myself, myself, is middle-aged. And I would hear people say, well, why do you think yourself is middle-aged? I'm like, do the math. Mm-hmm. Do the math. I'm 38. 76. I'll be very happy if I get to 76. <laughs> okay? So these guys out here that are 50 saying they're, oh, middle-aged. Yeah, if you live to be 100, middle-aged. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to say. You know, 40, I think, is fair. So, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely qualify. I definitely fall in there. And, and all the kids growing up in the 70s alongside me are, are at that, that point in life, you know? And, and but, again, but, but can I, wait, wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? Because I, I think this is also important for people out there that are aging. Is, uh, you mean everyone? You, the, well, those people, you, those few people out think, there who are aging. <laughs> what's that? The, those people in our audience were aging well this this goes out to those guys you know what i should say i should say the people who are uncomfortable with the fact that they're aging and i am actually directing these comments at you know people that are younger because i think they're the ones that are real uncomfortable with it but i look at somebody like you jim and i i see somebody who life seems to be getting better for you as the years go on you you have uh You've, you've achieved different uh, levels of success. You have more experience. You have more wisdom. Your kids are uh, discovering these incredible talents and abilities. Uh, and you're, you know, you're, you're living your passion. You've combined two incredible passions of, of yours, your lifelong love and uh, dedication to radio broadcasting or audio broadcasting of audio 
we'll say, audio content and Star Wars. I, I, and so, I mean, that's stuff that wouldn't have been possible 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So I think life in a lot of ways gets better as you get older. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And that's something my parents have always told me, too, that it gets better <laughs> and it keeps getting better. The only don't thing, worry, son. It gets better. The only thing I notice is that time moves way faster the older you get. But that's, you know, that doesn't matter. It, but it's a good thing, actually, when you're counting down the days to the next Star Wars film. 11 weeks, <laughs> you know, true. in 11 weeks. So it'll be here in no oh time. Oh, my God, 11 weeks. I mean, if you know, to my kids, 11 weeks is 11 years. It's a lifetime, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, not quite. It's a blink of an eye when you're like old man Jimmy Mag. But um, I, he said that... I would be something that threads through the entire column, and he would talk to a lot of other fans to get different perspectives. He talked to our own Trisha Barr. He talked to you, Jason, of course. He had to talk to you. And you show up a lot in the article, actually. I um, pop in. I am sort of a, I make cameos you know, here and there. Yeah, you do make some special appearances. And, uh, but it's like when Kramer shows up. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's unforgettable. I burst through the door. Yeah. yeah. And Chris, uh, he... he actually uh, traveled out to Anaheim and he hung out with us for a day, you know, sort of shadowed us as we worked our way on the floor at uh, the Anaheim Convention Center. And um, then he came over to my house and hung out with me while I did a show one night, hung out in the Star Wars room, had a few laughs. Boy, oh boy, I got to say, I'm really pleased with the way the article turned out because Chris did not take some sort of snarky, I don't get it attitude. Chris thought it was non-extraordinary. It was part of the plan ever since the 70s. At least it was for me. Because he puts it into a sort of perspective where he says, it's almost idealistic because when you think back to when you're a kid, you imagine growing up and having all those responsibilities as an adult, being married, having kids, having a house, having a career. But when you're a kid, you also say, and of course, I'll have a room with all my cool Star Wars stuff in there so I could go in there and hang out and play with my Star Wars toys. <laughs> you, By that, the way, I, I just have to point out, I love the way he describes your room. Because he says, he says, indeed, Jimmy Mac's Star Wars room is a kind of cultural womb, a safe space for the plastic Kenner spaceships he's played with as a nine-year-old, even through his rough patches of wavering loyalty and never abandoned a single toy. A cultural womb. That, that just cracks me up. The room is a womb. And Jason, <laughs> you've actually spent some time deep inside that womb. I, <laughs> I, I have been uh, up inside your womb uh, and, and slept there uh, several times. You know, I just want to say, you know, Chris is you're so right to point out the tone that Chris strikes, because obviously in looking at Chris and we spent a little time with him, um, he's he's of a similar generation. Um, it's clear that he that he might you might he might not qualify as a super fan, but he's definitely and you spent more time with him, certainly, you know, than I did. But it's clear that he's a fan. He gets it. Um, and and actually, there's a. There's there's kind of a, a a a beauty to the way he writes this story. It's 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 uh, it's sentimental at times. It's funny. Uh, it's warm, and it, it it never takes any pot shots or cheap shots at fandom, at Star Wars, at, at any of it. It's done with a 
with a sincerity, but also done with an objectivity. It's just a really well-balanced story. He did take a very genuine approach, and he didn't treat it like he was covering the circus or some freak show. He was very, yes, yes. He, he had reverence for the material, which helped him, I think, get into my head a little bit. What he did was, instead of portraying us who are involved in organized fandom, he didn't treat it like it was anything abnormal. He treated it the way it should be treated, like it's something cool. And we're all here because Star Wars is cool. And there's no doubt about it. He captured what I think is really the spirit of being a Star Wars fan in your 40s. And, and, and was able to translate that spirit into a way that people on the outside looking in can understand. My neighbor, John, he's lived in the house behind mine on the next block for know, 15 years. And he told me after reading this article, now I get it. And I'm like, now you get it. So for like the last 15 years, what'd you think was going on over here? Huh? But it, no, <laughs> but I think it does explain a lot. It does explain a lot. It Why? does. I, I also love uh, Chris spent some time with uh, the Chicago R2 builders, droid yes. builders. Yeah. And uh, I, I love the scene that he paints about you know, apparently it was raining the day that he was hanging out at one of their get togethers. And he says, uh, he goes, well, what did they do? They, were, they weren't too keen on getting their droids in the rain. He says, so what did they do? They did what guys do at a barbecue. They stood in the garage, drank beer, talking shop and ribbing each other. And there's another great example of how he portrays this as it is. It's just it's just normal. It's a hobby. It's not something that turns us into zombies and, and, and removes us from any sense of reality. Yeah, we're super intense about Star Wars here on Rebel Force Radio. And yeah, it is a way of life. But is it life? No. We all realize that. We understand the need to have diverse interests. It's really just something, this article is something I'm very proud of and something that I'm going to be sharing for a long time to come. So I would just suggest anyone to go check it out. It's on the Chicago Tribune website. Uh, you, you may have to, to register to read it. Um, I don't think I'm hearing mixed things. I'm hearing that it was behind the registration wall for a while. And then, Jim, I don't know if it was just that the link got passed around so much that there's a, a at a certain point it becomes uh, available without registering. So I had heard from some folks that it, it was available without registering. So all right, well that's good news. So yeah. uh, so if you're into this show and you kind of want a little to know a little bit more about what makes me and Jason tick, that's a that's a good article to look at. And also if you are of a certain age, you might also find it interesting. <laughs> and even if you're, you're a young Star Wars fan, I think you'll find many similarities in the way Star Wars has interwoven itself throughout my life experiences. You might find something very similar about your life experiences, too, when it relates to Star Wars. And that's something that really does bring all fans together, ages 6 to 60. Now, with the online edition... There was a little bonus. It was a video shot out on the streets of downtown Chicago where just random people on the street were stopped. And uh, 
and they were asked to um, describe Star Wars, talk about what they know about Star Wars. So the piece is actually called People Who Sort of Remember Star Wars. (laughs) So uh, let's just hear what random people stopped on the streets of downtown Chicago uh, can recall about the galaxy far, far away. Star Wars is basically set... um in space, in a, in a galaxy far, far away. The titles just kind of come across screen in a most interesting way that I've never seen before. So you have these Jedi that have these kind of powers when they can kind of control almost everything uh, if they're really powerful. People are dying left and right, and they're trying to go down the... Uh, it looks to be almost a canyon, of course, uh, with you know things shooting both sides, and you've got X-wing fighters shooting at them, and of course they have to uh, go into a uh, a tunnel, an air shaft into the uh, into the into the uh, Death Star, and try and find the uh, core and shoot it and kill it. And there's lots of mayhem and all that sort of stuff. And, and I know he's at a big like lava pit. Him and Obi Wan Kenobi are fighting each other, and then he gets his hand chopped off and he like rolls over and he's super burned and i think the emperor took him away or something and like put him in some suit so he could walk and talk that's how he became Darth vader harrison ford is in a coffin like tomb and he comes out and he's no longer able to hear or see i don't know he met the ewoks and they think that the the building robot r3 I don't know what it's named. And they think it's a god, and they try to burn him for some reason. Oh, <laughs> you know, you know what what st- jumped out at me the most about that, and it was it was kind of a cool feeling, was how elements of the prequels and the original trilogy just sort of blended together, right? Right. In people's memories, you know, the lava pit and the you know he's all burned up and all that. Um, that th- that was kind of heartening, you know, to hear that. I like the lady who says Harrison Ford. He was in a coffin tomb. <laughs> well, all right, listen, lady, you, you put the coffin in the tomb. All right, they're two totally separate things, but that's just the Egyptologist in me coming up. But um, and then she's and she's and he comes out. He can't hear. Oh wait, he can't see or something. Of all the things in the movies to remember, that's what stuck out in her. Right. Harrison Ford's blind. I, or wait, he can't hear. No, he's blind. I can't see. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny, man. I, you know, uh, if I put together that piece, and I'm, I'm not trying to take any way, anything away from the uh, Chicago Tribune video editorial team, but I would have gone for people like completely off the deep end, <laughs> you know, like guys living in boxes in Lower Wacker and stuff, and just go up to them and be, you know, find a guy who has like no teeth at all, and just say, "Hey, man, what do you know about Star Wars?" And just see what happens. Maybe I'm gonna after the show's over tonight. I'm just gonna drive over there and do the, do it myself. <laughs> what the guys like you playing harmonica and strumming the guitar there on the street? Yeah, just stop change. him. Stop him. Stop um, that guy. Yeah, or the guy like he's he's walking down the the middle of Michigan Avenue with his pants down around his ankles and stuff, and just be like, "Excuse me, sir, what do you remember about Star Wars?" And you probably get this whole thing, you know. It's, I remember Star Wars. Like, I wrote, my fan. He'll start telling you about his fanfic that he wrote. It's like, dude, pull your pants up, please. So, what are we? Are we going to play a game? Is that what's next? Oh, okay. All right. This is something that uh, showed up, gosh, about a month ago, I want to say, on a certain person's Instagram account. 
and uh, we'll just we'll just play it. And I want you to guess the voice, Jason. I want you guys listening at home guess the voice. All right, all right. <laughs> I think it's funny. I, well, I, I need some kind of a hint. I mean, give me some. Uh, I mean, how broad am I choosing from? Is this somebody that's all right, in all Star right. Wars? Okay. Is this uh, who? Good. What kind I'll, of a person is this? All right, listen. This is the mystery game. Okay. Okay. All right. This all is right. the mystery voice game. Okay. So you are permitted to ask yes or no answers. Oh, oh okay. or yes or no questions. Questions where no, the, my answers right. will be yes or no. Okay. All right. All right. Um, uh, is this person uh, in a Star Wars movie? Yes. Okay. Um, is this person in the Star Wars prequels? No. Is this person in the original trilogy? No. Oh. All right. Is this person in one of the upcoming Star Wars movies? Yes. Is this? Uh, it sounds like a. It sounds like a female to me. Is this person female? Yes. Um. Is this person an actor? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure it's not like Kathleen Kennedy or something like that. Um, well, uh, I know we have a story about Lupita Nyong'o coming up. Uh, is this person Lupita Nyong'o? No. All right. Play, the, well, play it well, one I, more I, time. I got one more guess. I got one. Let's give me one more guess because it was either going to be Lupita. All right. Before your final guess, uh-huh. play the audio again. So everyone could listen. <laughs> wow, that I mean, whoever this is, they I mean, they know the tune. <laughs> they know the they know the tune. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh is, is it Daisy Ridley? Yes. Yes. It is Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Ding 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 ding. What do yes. I win, Don Pardo? You get to host the second hour of Rebel Force Radio with oh, uh, wow. with myself. But yeah, that was Daisy on Instagram, and uh, she was uh, very happy because Empire Magazine featured Star Wars: The Force Awakens on its. Uh, I believe it was the August. It was the cover story for uh, the September magazine issue. or September issue. Yeah, and uh, so uh, Daisy. Uh, she uh, shot a little video for Instagram. You don't see her in the video, but she uh, shows the the cover of the magazine. And and when she really gets very animated in her, it's she, because she turns the camera to the magazine, and then oh. then she zooms in on herself, and so you hear that she's very into it. Yeah. Wow, that's so. I there's a lot of enthusiasm just in that little bit. Uh, how cute is that? That's adorable. It's very cute. It's very That's so cute. cute. Getting to know the stars of The Force Awakens. That's what we're doing right now. We're getting to know them. And uh, 
you know, I assume we're going to get to know them a lot better once they start appearing on like talk shows and stuff. See, this is the part I really enjoy is when we get down to the nitty and the gritty of the film release and everything that accompanies it. And Star Wars is going to be hitting you on major networks upside the head like you won't you won't believe Back in the day, I used to collect all that video. Now it's all online, but right, um, right. but that's that's just so exciting. So really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to Daisy. She's just uh, she's she's super cute and uh, someone who who definitely does not seem to be above the process of being in Star Wars. No, certainly not, and uh, and definitely not on some sort of campaign to make it sound like it was working in some sort of concentration camp uh, <laughs> via the movie. Uh, boy, we got more of that. You, you've, you've heard us talking about uh, Anthony Daniels in the recent weeks. We've got uh, to stay, stay tuned because we've got another story coming up. That, well, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk every, about everyone's it freaking out. Everybody's <laughs> freaking out. I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, Jim, before we start freaking out, we should let folks know about next week's show. Yes. Uh, next week's show, um, I, I want to give you guys a heads up. I'm not too fond of making big announcements or anything, but um, I want you to know that next week's show is going to be coming just a little bit later in the week than usual. So I don't want anybody wondering next week, where's my RFR? Because it won't hit on Friday. It'll probably hit on Saturday. And there's a reason for that. But you have to stay tuned to find <laughs> out. So you have to listen to next week's show to find out why it's going to be a day late. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be good for like that, you know, maybe that last mow of the season. I don't know. There might be some more mowing going on. I don't know. How, are you still mowing? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's give away some little Debbie. Hey, let's give away some little Debbie. How about that? Yeah, we can't get enough little Debbie. There's no question about it. We love little Debbie here on Rebel Force Radio. They've been supporting us now for a couple of years. They give back to the Star Wars fan community in the, in the, the form of, of Little Debbie Galactic Snack Packs. They're awesome. Big boxes that show up at your doorstep filled with all kind of Little Debbie great treats like Cosmic Cupcakes, Cosmic Brownies, Cloud Cakes, Nutty Bars, Star Crunch, you name it. You've grown up with Little Debbie, and Little Debbie is still around supplying the quality treats that kids and adults love. This week we're doing a, a different twist on um, on uh, on our giveaway. Uh, you know, we always work hand-in-hand hand with social media to get the word out about Little Debbie, and you guys are so awesome in helping us. This time around, though, I used the social media to challenge you, and I, gave, I put up a photo of something really weird on our Facebook page, and I said, first person to correctly identify this will win a Little Debbie Galactic snack bag. And the picture is, Jason, why don't you describe the picture? Because I know what it is. Yeah, I knew right away when I saw oh, it. It's been a while since we spoke about it. But it is a Jimmy Mac's crown. His, his uh, crown that goes on one of his teeth. And on it, emblazoned on the crown, on the tooth, is, I believe you called it a tattoo. It's a tooth tattoo of the rebel symbol i've had it for years jason that rebel alliance symbol on my back molar it's been there for years a, a tooth tattoo is is something that um 
it's kind of morbid how it actually came into existence. A a lot of pilots and um, flight crew were looking for a way that their remains could be identified should they go down in a fiery crash. (laughs) So the idea of a tooth tattoo was invented. I swear to God. Wow. That that was it, huh? I swear to God. I told you it was a little morbid. Yeah. Um, But my dentist, who... uh, He's just a great guy, and he's got a great sense of humor. Years ago, he asked me if I wanted any sort of symbol on my tooth when I had a root canal done, and I I considered uh, uh, Jimmy Page's Led Zeppelin Zoso symbol. I considered the Chicago White Sox logo. I considered the Superman S, but I knew it had to be Star Wars, so I got the symbol on Luke Skywalker's helmet when he's piloting that X-Wing. You know the symbol. It's the the... the 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 rebel insignia, I believe, is what it is legally called. It's part of the Rebel Force radio logo. It looks kind of like a bird. I mean, I think that's there's like a like almost a falcon type look to it or something. I, I think that's what it was based on, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. There's um, some kind of avian influence there. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'm going to challenge Paul Bateman for the next episode of Star Wars Influences to tell us what the inspiration and background for that Rebel Alliance insignia is. I'm curious to find out. Oh, that's good. That's a great idea. I like that. I'm throwing it out there, and and we are going to be recording, uh, gosh, very soon. So Paul will not have much time for homework. So who was our winner? But so our winner, Jason, now we had to to choose at random because uh, I couldn't tell who the first one was who got. Well, did anybody guess wrong? Um, no, everyone knew right away it was the stupid tooth. Um, <laughs> now, what happened, the background about it is, uh, you know, I, I definitely recommend uh, proper dental hygiene and going to see your dentist as much as possible. Well, he was uh, just doing a routine check, and he noticed some funky business going on with my cap and uh, decided he had to replace it. So I did go through a few weeks without the Rebel insignia in my mouth. And it just the world just felt like a lonely, lonely place. Well, did you get the? Did you get it on your new cap? That is my new cap. In the oh, photo. that's the new one. Yeah, I, I oh. took that picture uh, yesterday. It was yeah. Oh, I got it okay. Yesterday, so uh, it's in there right now. So I'm back in business with a new tooth tattoo. And um, what we, happened to the old cap? Can we put it on eBay and make some money on that? No, you know I asked. I said, "Is there any way I could get that back intact?" There's no way they could remove it. Oh, they, I mean, it just shattered in my mouth. Oh, <laughs> you know, I mean, there was nothing they could do. They they just took a drill to it and the thing just fell apart. Oh, so. I was just if Shatner can, you know, if he can eBay off his uh, kidney stone, then Jimmy Mack can auction off his uh, rebel insignia cap. But if it shattered, then no, nobody wants that. that, no, that yeah. Now, that would be gross. Yeah, because I thought, wow, it would be cool to have the tooth actually on display in the collection after it had been in my mouth. Oh, in the collection, even better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you were Sansweet, you'd have had him make two of these. One to open and one to put put in the collection. Yeah, I don't know how my insurance would react to that. (laughs) Why do you need two of them? Oh, I just need two of them, you know? Just in case, right? Right? People do that, right? Two, there are. Nice, nice. Uh, All right. Well, so, so, do we have a winner? Did you announce? So, so, uh, no, no, no. I, you know, choosing at random. Okay. Um, And our winner is 
Paul Heberlin. Paul Heberlin. Contact us. Give us your shipping address, and we will get that Galactic Snack Pack out to you as soon as humanly possible. Paul, of course, you have to be present to win here at Rebel Force Radio. We are not going to chase you down looking for your mailing address. We expect you to listen to each and every show, especially if you are competing for a little Debbie Galactic Snack Pack. You want to listen to RFR each and every week for all the Star Wars news and opinions and insight, but my goodness, we're giving away all these great snacks every week, too, and make it yeah, easy Paul, for you Paul to win. If Paul doesn't reach out to us, then his address is mysteriously going to start looking like mine. You know what I mean? No. I mean, I'm going to get that snack pack. Oh, saying. I see. <laughs> no, we can't do that. Yeah. Oh, Jason, right. every week, Jason's like, come on, can't we just make up a name and they can send it to me? <laughs> I say, Jason, no, we can't do that. There, there's something unethical about that. But Yeah, something. Oh, well. Anyway, well, congratulations. And uh, please do reach out to us so we can get that snack pack on its way to you. Uh, Also on its way, headlines coming up right now. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. All right, so following the announcements at D23, where we first learned the official news that there was going to be... uh, Star Wars lands throughout the uh, Disney parks in Orlando as well as in uh, California. This uh, story from ABC7. Now, this was part of this was actually uh, Disney's press release. And uh, full disclosure here, ABC is owned by Disney. But uh, ABC7, that's who wrote it up. And uh, we've got it right here. Some some confirmed dates as it relates to uh, Star Wars and uh, the Disney parks. Uh, We got a clip here from uh, ABC's coverage of the announcement. Oh, yeah, Star Wars fans, sure to be excited about Disney's latest announcement. The date to remember, November 16th, and that is when the season of The Force kicks off here at Disneyland. Now, take a look at this. Disney just released these images previewing the new experiences. Guests will be able to fly in an X-Wing fighter when Space Mountain temporarily becomes Hyperspace Mountain. And the Star Wars launch bay will give guests a chance to visit with characters from the upcoming Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. The Star Wars-themed experience is setting the stage for Disney's huge 14-acre Star Wars park. That's Disneyland's largest single expansion, groundbreaking slated for next year. Fans we spoke with today are thrilled to hear of all the new Star Wars attractions on the way. Oh, I think it'll be a, a good thing, probably good for tourism, good for local economy, and it's good for jobs, which everybody needs. I think that would be really cool because me and my mom really like that. So I think that would be really fun to go and visit. Of course, construction of the new Star Wars land will affect several of Disney's other attractions. Starting January 10th, the Disney Railroad and attractions along the rivers of America will be temporarily shut down. And say goodbye to Big Thunder Ranch. That same date, it will be closed permanently. But again, November 16th, that is the day to remember. Exciting new Star Wars experiences going online that day. All right, there you go. November 16th, that is Seasons of the Force, and that is in uh, uh, Disneyland Park in Anaheim. And as the story said, Star Wars Launch Bay uh, featuring exhibits and sneak peeks into 
Star Wars The Force Awakens. And uh, Jim, there's a there's a graphic of what that's going to look like. And it looks a little bit like, you know, one of your uh, one, one of the touring Star Wars exhibits that you would see. Yeah, it does kind of, you know, um, I saw something very similar uh, the day after Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. I jogged down the street to Disneyland and spent the day there and found myself in Tomorrowland, of course, where Star Tours is. And they had a display there of props from the Tomorrowland film, which had been you know, yet to be released at that point. That movie actually turned out to be something of a flop for Disney. But uh, yeah, Tomorrowland. So they had actual wardrobe and props from the film on display in this little uh, this little alcove that was uh, part of the building. Um, I believe the uh, it was the exit to Space Mountain. So they've done things like this in the past, and now they're going to do it again with Star Wars. It, it makes all the sense in the world. Again, I don't see anything really happening in Season of the Force that makes me think that this is a new version of Star Wars Weekends, it really lacks in comparison. There's no, like, actual live productions. Like, you know, they do the actor Q&A at Star Wars Weekends, parades. They would have uh, autograph yeah. sessions and actors in, in attendance and Nothing James like Arnold that. Taylor. Nothing like that. This yeah. is all just very much like a promotional type thing. Yeah, you know, Hyperspace Mountain, which is just sort of a modified version of the, the Space Mountain ride. Um, it says that uh, guests will have an opportunity to join an X-Wing Starfighter battle in the reimagining of the classic Space Mountain attraction. Yeah, the, that thing's been, from what I understand, that's been getting thrown around Disney behind the scenes for years and years now. Oh, really? To change Space Mountain to Hyperspace Mountain? Yeah. Now, now that they have the the Star Wars, they're looking for new ways to sort of integrate Star Wars into the parks. It's it's an older idea that has been now dusted off, and and they're actually going to do it. Interesting. Uh, coming up in December, Jedi Training: Trials of the Temple. That is going to show new twists on Jedi training, and will introduce new characters from the franchise and. The Disney XD series, Star Wars Rebels. So it's a new spin on the old Jedi training that the kids would do. And they do lightsaber duels with Darth Vader. And, you know, it's, it's a very popular attraction that's been going on for years and years at Star Wars weekends. Now, Jim, when Star Tours was, was uh, revamped, when it went into the 2.0 mode, uh, we kind of looked at the way that it was developed and, and you would have these these scenes and every time you would ride the ride it would give you you know perhaps a, a you know a modified version or a you know a, a variable of what you what you just saw and it it made us i remember us talking about well they they might be able to expand this they might now at the time we didn't know about new star wars movies but we thought that they might be able to change this and update it from time to time to keep it fresh we talked about that well that is coming true uh so there will be a new scene in Star Tours that will is inspired by The Force Awakens. So I would imagine then that this is probably something we'll see as the subsequent films are released. Um, so you have a an, an upgradable, updatable Star Tours now. Yeah, and that was always the plan from day one uh, with, with the uh, 2.0 launch of Star Tours. Oddly enough, that launch of Star Tours gave birth to 
the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney. It was Bob Iger and George Lucas having breakfast that morning. I think Iger said, hey, if you're ever looking to sell, kind of half joking. And George thought to himself, hmm, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll look into it, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, um, but, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that anyway, was. Anyway, Oman told Melody. Yeah. Melody's yeah. like, you call that man right back. She wants all the Star Wars stuff out of the house. <laughs> Imagine yes, that. It, but, I mean, it's just, it, it's so typical, you know. The guy finds the girl. They, they, they hook up. They get married, move in together, and then she starts getting rid of all of his cool things, all of his cool stuff. It's all got to go. All the Star Wars stuff got to go. It even happens to George. It even happens to George. He created it. And George is just like the rest of us. He's like, well, no, this can't happen. So he creates a man cave. Now, for George Lucas, that's going to be the uh, George Lucas Museum of Narrative Art in downtown <laughs> Chicago. But you're saying it's a glorified man cave? That's what the museum is. It's George's man cave. Oh. A place for my stuff. <laughs> so that's his, yeah, like that's his rec room. That's going to be his basement, his, his, his modified garage. It's, you know, so, um, but that's how it all started, was from that breakfast with Bob Iger and George Lucas, the morning Star Tours 2.0 launched. And, uh, yeah, that was always the plan, was to uh, upgrade. I think, Jason, even going back to the original Star Tours, I think they always thought that they were going to upgrade it and make it, you know, switch out the adventures and stuff, and it just never happened. Now, in the age of digital technology and computers running all these, these, um, these, um, what do you call them? Uh, um, simulations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's easier to then just, you know, punch in the new programs and make it happen. Right. So we're going to be seeing that. It, it comes as no surprise to me that we're going to be seeing a, a Jakku scene. Uh, really, really envious of people who are going to be visiting Disneyland and who are in the you know Southern California area who can go and see this amazing Jakku footage for the first time. Um, knowing my luck, every time I go in there, I would just keep getting that boo and <laughs> yeah. hoth over. Yeah, the right. This is going to be great for uh, repeat visits and repeat rides for Star Tours. Uh, so you, you want to get that. You want to get that scene. Yeah. Um, uh, what else they got going on? So uh, we talked about the props. Those are going to be on display. Uh a game center and that will allow folks to play the latest games, including uh, Disney infinity 3.0 and an exclusive, some exclusive toy box levels. Uh, now keep in mind everything we've talked about uh, we, we, from the, uh, uh, the season of the force in November with all the subsequent things like the launch bay, the hyperspace mountain, the Jedi training, all that we're talking about star Wars or excuse me, we're talking about Disneyland in Anaheim, uh, dates for Season of the Force at, and, and more details at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida have not yet been released. So right now, again, just talking about the West Coast in California. Um, and, uh, you know, one more uh, detail here about the uh, groundbreaking, which is supposed to take place in 2016. And as the reporter, you heard him say, this is the largest single land expansion ever. 14 acre lands, big projects at both Disneyland in Anaheim and uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios in Florida. So we'll keep you posted as things progress there. 
Yeah. Of course, everyone now is is saying, well, then that's it for Star Wars weekends. Yeah. Yeah. We that's talked it. about it, what, last week or the week before, Jim? It, it's the rumors are that no more Star Wars weekends. True. And I still say that those are rumors. I don't think that any commitment has been made by the Disney company to wipe out Star Wars weekends for 2016. And I have a couple things pointing to that. Number one, they haven't said that it's going away. Now, I have further proof that weekends may have a life in 2016. Hmm. And that comes from the official Disney Parks website. If you look up Star Wars Weekends, it has a description. Get as close to the Force as you can during a galactic event packed with out-of-this-world fireworks, entertainment, character greetings, and so much more coming summer 2016. And that is from the official Disney Parks website. So either someone's asleep at the wheel or... You know, it's happening. It's still being promoted on their website. So I showed that to uh, a friend of mine with Disney. And he said, no. Uh, it, it, we, we found out last summer that uh, Star Wars Weekends is, is done. So I'm like, well, are you sure of this? Do you know for a fact? He's like, well, that's the rumor we heard. And I'm like, oh, great. So the rumors are flying around Disney, but no one knows for sure. So that's what I've been told. So, um, again, I'm so confused by all this, and I wish Disney would just make an announcement because, you know what, man? People have to plan these trips sometimes a year in advance. And a little bit of heads up, if you know you're canceling Disney Star Wars weekends at Hollywood Studios, just let us know for crying out loud. Let us know so we can plan appropriately. Now, Jason, you and me, we're still planning to make our Florida trip. Yes, we are. We're, we're doing it in June anyway, right. and we'll have plenty of Star Wars stuff going on there with or without Star Wars weekends. But the reason we're planning this trip is because we are expecting Star Wars weekends to happen in 2016. So I think for as successful as it's been over all these years, for the fact that it's been an extremely profitable event for the Disney company, and because of the fact that there are so many fans who come back to it year after year, and it's become this annual meetup for Star Wars fans that we rely on. I think that fans should know whether or not it's happening in 2016. But uh, that's all I can do is just plead on the air here um, and, and keep trying to dig around as much as I can. But I can present the evidence to you. It's on the freaking official Disney Parks website, Star Wars Weekends 2016. So I don't know what to think because I'm hearing from really solid sources that people were told last summer that it's going to be over. I don't know what to think. I really don't. And and then another source tells me it's going to be instead of five weeks in 2016, it's going to be seven weeks. So maybe, maybe they'll, they'll give it one big, huge send-off. The final, I mean, imagine, they could promote it that way. The final One run, you know, last time. One last time. Yeah. Before all these other, I mean, let's, let's, you know, let's not be too doom and gloom about it. You know, there's a lot that's going to be happening star wars wise at the at the disney parks it's just that as you point out i think the the difficulty with this is because this is such a financial commitment to people 
that they plan annually or every couple of years, and uh, they just need to come out and tell it and tell us. It would be nice to know. We're really looking forward to the uh, expansion of the parks to include Star Wars land and to make it routine rather than an annual tradition. Let's just make it a routine event that right. it's always Star Wars going on. Hey, we're down with that. We are down with that. But in this transition year, I believe Star Wars Weekends deserves a proper send-off. A grand finale. I agree. Star Wars Rebels just around the corner. Uh, we've got uh, what? What is that premiere date? It's October something. What is it? It's, it's now on Thursdays. No, it's it's going to be on Wednesday nights. Wednesdays. Now. Okay, I knew and, it was and, midweek. Yes, and we're looking at an October fourteenth premiere, and that will feature the return of the clones. Return of the clones, Captain Rex, as we talked about last week, uh, looking a little bit like uh, uh, Stinky Pete from the Toy Story <laughs> films. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, Captain Rex coming back to Clone War or Clone Wars, <laughs> coming back to Rebels uh, yeah. from the Clone War. Easy to do, isn't it? It's yeah, easy well, to do for sure. When uh, we're talking when we're talking about these characters, yeah, it's real easy to do. Yeah, we have a we have a soundbite from uh, Dave Filoni talking about season two. Where's this come from? Is this from the DVD? Yeah, this is actually a, a season two preview that uh, appeared on StarWars.com's YouTube channel. It's called. It's a featurette called Return of the Clones. This is Dave Filoni and D. Bradley Baker giving us hints about season two and where Rex fits into the whole thing. Ezra finds Rex really interesting. He is a soldier. He's from the Clone Wars. You know, he would think at first, oh, Kanan would know you and like you. Kanan does not like Rex, and, and Rex thinks he's seen better and worked with better. We learned that they were not involved with Order 66, where all the clones were ordered by the Emperor to, to murder all the Jedi. Kanan's distrust comes from Order 66. You know, he lived through it. He saw all of his friends eliminated. Ezra, he doesn't even really know what that is. Mm. So we're getting, we're getting some, some more, more details. details about the immediate aftermath of Order 66, who was spared... And uh, who participated, and it sounds like, according to Dee Baker and Dave Floney, that uh, Captain Rex was not a participant in the Order 66 massacre against the Jedi. So yeah. uh, that's great that there's more of that. You know, we were starting to learn there towards the end in uh, Season 6, the short, you know, what did they call that? The bonus adventures or the... Lost missions. The lost missions. We were learning a little bit more about... Order 66, a little bit more about how the clone army was ordered. And um, it was like just when we were starting to uncover that stuff, the plug was pulled uh, completely on the Clone Wars. Well, a lot of this uh, has moved over and is going to be told in Star Wars Rebels, which is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, and you're going to take a lot of what you've learned from those lost missions as it applies to Order 66 and the clones and how they're programmed, you're going to take a lot of that info and it'll serve you well as you watch these new episodes here in Season 2 for Star Wars Rebels. Because you're going to find out why Rex and his gang, his crew, I believe there's three clones that show up in this episode, Rex, Gregor, 
who was uh, from those uh, Gascon episodes. And um, Wolf. Oh, of course. Wolf Wolf, Wolf yeah. made it. We have to have uh, representation for the Wolf Pack. And uh, Wolf is there, and he's got like a twitchy cybernetic eye and stuff. It's going to be pretty wild. <laughs> yes. and, um, and Gregor is completely, he's a mental case. He's been through the ringers of war, and he's... He can't unsee what he's seen, and it's great to have D. Baker back in the fold. Again, more and more um, uh, immigration coming. That's a key word these days. But more and more immigration of characters from the Clone Wars coming over to uh, Star Wars Rebels, and we welcome it. One character that I uh, we were speculating on last week, Jason, when we were talking about characters we think can return. Characters we know from the Clone Wars who, who they can return to Star Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And we threw out some names. We threw out Darth Maul. Oh, who yeah. I, oh, that, yeah. That, that he's, a, he's a good bet. And we also threw out Asajj Ventress. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a book that was released over the summer called Dark Disciple, which featured Ventress's story and that of Quinlan Vos. And it was apparently the, uh, the, the, the book itself was based on scripts for Star Wars, the Clone Wars that were never shot. There is a circumstance in that story that, and I won't spoil it like everyone else did for me, but um, there's, there's a circumstance in the story that ha- happens and it makes it, making it impossible. Well, sorry. <laughs> I was I was going for this. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! All right, okay. People are very sensitive about this. Well, and so am I, and I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. So I thought but first we would let, throw let me see my piece. out there. Okay. Let me just say I'm not spoiling it. I said I wasn't spoiling it, but something happens in that story that makes it impossible for Asajj to then appear in Star Wars Rebels. Read the book. <laughs> I slammed through the book this weekend because you guys filled up our social media and our our, our inbox, our, our email inbox, telling us why Asajj can be in Rebels. And let me just say this. Dark Disciple was released less than three months ago, and the paperback hasn't even come out yet. So, hey, guys, if you guys are going to come at us when we let a little bit of info slip here and there on the show and beat us into the ground because of a spoiler, look at yourselves. Look at yourselves. Because you're putting out massive spoilers about Asajj Ventress for the public to see. And like I said, the book hasn't even been out for three months yet. Now, as esteemed Star Wars journalists, uh, Jason, you and I, I think we, we should be aware of all of these plot threads that are out there regardless of well the big ones at least i mean we can't yeah yeah this is a big one so (laughs) um so i'm just saying you're really you're really uh being obtuse here um I'm doing I my can best. Re- read between the lines. That's why because, I'm glad, now I'm glad I threw the spoiler alert on there. But I guess you know. I guess I, with this material, there should be a sense of urgency for us to sit down and read these 300, 400 page books the day they come out. But <laughs> we got a lot of other Star Wars stuff to talk about here, especially pertaining to the Force Awakens. We do, we do indeed. Our uh, friends, our old friends at Latino Review, back at it. And they've got uh, they got a hold of some trading cards. And before we go too much further in this, 
Jim, I know you're a big fan of the trading cards and tops. And um, do you know, are you able to tell from the photos in this story what trading cards we're actually dealing with? Because I was unable to find any information about the cards themselves. Yeah, I'm a little surprised at this um, Swiss cheese journalism that's going on here where uh, th- these cards are not being identified at all. They they look like some sort of game cards. I, I, I wouldn't even call them trading cards. They keep being referred to as trading cards in this article from uh, HitFix that we're looking at here. Yeah, and, um, and, and HitFix is just uh, sort of retelling the story that was posted at Latino Review. Right, and I looked at the original story from Latino Review, and I didn't find any indication as to what these cards are and where they're from. Are they from a board game? Are they from a pack of cards? Are they from a deck of cards? Where did these cards come from? And they're definitely Force Awakens. We're looking at three cards here, Uh, Finn, Kylo Ren and Ray, and then a fourth card has these things called power up link symbols, and uh, there's numbers on the cards and stuff. So it's obviously part of some sort of game, like um, like those old um, um, I don't know, like Magic the Gathering. Yeah, games. right, right. The the customizable card right. games. Thank you. The customizable yeah. card games. I, I I forgot what they were called. Yeah. Now um, now in Hit Fixes to Hit Fixes credit, they do say it's possible that these cards aren't entirely accurate as they haven't been confirmed as official Lucasfilm merchandise. So these could be, you know, who knows, maybe there's some sort of bootleg thing. I I don't think so. Well, let's get into the the, the, the meat of the issue here and why we're even talking about Yeah, why are cards. we talking about unofficial, potentially unofficial uh, Star Wars trading cards? But as Jim, as you point out, I think you're absolutely right. This is the, these cards are uh, part of some sort of game. So there are there are symbols uh, that identify these characters with whatever faction they're from. We know that that's a big part of uh, this new uh, era of Star Wars. There are factions. You have uh, the Resistance. You have, uh, of course, with Star Wars, you have bounty hunters. You have droids. You have uh, uh, rebels. You, you know, there's the Jedi, Sith, all of that, and. What's what's what the hay is, according to Latino Review, they are pointing out that on the Ray card, Daisy Ridley's character, Ray, she carries two different power up link symbols, two different faction symbols, one of the rebels, which Jim, that one's curious, too, because. My understanding is that there there is no rebellion at this point. It's the resistance, right? And but the other one is the symbol of the Jedi, a Jedi yeah. Knight. Now, Finn, who we see in the very very brief uh, mini trailer that was released to Instagram, is only carrying the Rebel symbol. Kylo Ren is carrying the symbol of a Sith. Why is that interesting? Well, J.J. Abrams says that Kylo Ren is not a Sith. So who knows? But could it be? Let's just let's take these at face value. Would it surprise you, Jimmy Mack, to find out that it's not Finn that is the Jedi or potential Jedi or Jedi in training, whatever, but it's actually Rey? 
Uh, no, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I had speculated from day one that Ray is the one who, is, who would be the force sensitive of the main three when you think of Finn, Poe, and Ray. However, Finn holding that lightsaber in the Instagram trailer does kind of uh, make you wonder, doesn't it? Could be a situation where he was using it just because it was the only weapon at his disposal at the time. Maybe we, we understand there's a, well, at least speculation leads us to believe that throughout the film, there's a chase and the chase is for Luke Skywalker's lightsaber. We see the saber being passed off from an alien to Princess Leia in the second trailer. So uh, we, we know that that comes into play. So so maybe Finn is just guarding the saber or delivering the saber and finds himself in a situation where he actually has to use the saber. Could Finn be a Force-sensitive? I think that the odds are 50-50 at this point. Could Ray be a Force-sensitive? I think the odds are way better right now as, you know, looking at it as a, a fan who is relatively unspoiled less than three months before the film is released. Uh, I, I'm sure there's you guys listening out there have read all the synopsises that have shown up online and the assumed summaries of the film and everything under the sun. I mean, there's complete websites devoted to nothing but spoilers for the next film. But we've uh, I've been avoiding them mostly, so I'm, I'm coming at this from a, a sort of a unspoiled angle where it's just pure speculation for me at this point. And uh, I think that uh, Ray is definitely going to be the, the force sensitive, the more force sensitive of the, of the main three, the new main three. It surprised me to see Finn with the saber in the trailer. Not as surprised as I would have been if I didn't see that concept art of him wearing that, that tan jacket with Luke saber hanging from the side. Yes, and um, hit fix. They they throw out the idea that including the clip of Finn wielding the lightsaber in that brief trailer was potentially a classic bit of J.J. Uh, Abrams' misdirection. What so. what does that mean? That that part is not actually in the film. No, 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 not at all. That it's in there, but that's. It's thrown in the trailer and given a certain weight so people assume that he's a Jedi. So imagine, Jim, if you saw a trailer for The Empire Strikes Back and you show Han Solo igniting a lightsaber and then speculation runs wild that, oh, in the next Star Wars movie, Han Solo gets trained in the ways of the Force. Mm -hmm. Well, no, he's just using it to open the belly of a Tauntaun. Got it. I got it. So, All right. So it's I don't know. I push it. Yeah. I don't. I, I. I don't know. You know. I don't spend too much time considering how JJ might be misleading us or anything like that. I just. It's fun being a, a Star Wars fan here a few months before the film is released because you really take everything on face value. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like wow, what you see is what you get. You really don't have any any context to put it within, for the most part, and. uh it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You like living in the uh, in the dark a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, yeah, a little bit, bit. like a little like a vampire, you know. All right, so let's talk about John Boyega here for a minute. Uh, boy, is this uh, contrary to the uh, words that we're hearing coming from Anthony Daniels uh, of late? But John Boyega says uh, 
the new Star Wars movie script left him in tears. Now, again, contrast that to what Anthony Daniels said, where he said a new Star Wars script made his eyes glaze over, but not in tears. John Boyega said he cried when he first read the script for the upcoming Star Wars movie. He endured a tough audition process before being cast in the role of Finn, a Jedi in training. Now, this story comes from the Mirror in the UK. Uh, and uh, Jim, they don't say anything in here about, oh, speculated to be a Jedi in training or allegedly a Jedi in training. They say he, John Boyega, endured a tough audition process before being cast in the role of Finn, a Jedi in training. An odd choice of words. Can we assume that they are assuming that they're just jumping to an assumption that he plays a Jedi? Let's assume that they're assuming. We're assuming they assume because I, I mean, look, they don't even they're not even able to tell their la- the last names of their characters. Yeah, um, that's, you know, that's the level of secrecy that they're at. They've got merchandise out on the shelves where they're just known by their first names um, because that apparently has some significance to the storyline. Um, so, yeah, is is the mirror? Are they? speculating here it sounds to me like they are unless john boyega said something to them no because boyega is not quoted at oh well he is quoted he's, he's quoted many yeah, times he's quoted in this throughout thing. the story then so why wouldn't they why wouldn't they quote that why wouldn't they include that quote from him saying yeah yeah, yeah i train as a jedi in this yeah well chew on that while uh, we go through there's a couple more quotes he says that when he when I, when i read the script i cried and I'm not really a big crier. I'm more like a frog in the throat kind of guy who will try to hold it in and make sure that I don't let it all out. But he let it all out. He cried. He said um, he talked about a little bit about the audition process. Uh, he said it was seven months worth of auditions. So if you think this guy just waltzed right in and got the part and didn't have to work for it, you are sorely mistaken. Indeed. Wait a second. Are we, did we just gloss over a, a piece of exclusive audio? I think we did. Exclusive audio. You're only going to hear this on Rebel Force Radio. John Boyega reading the script of Episode 7. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. (laughs) He must be at the end. It sounds like that frog in the throat escaped. (laughs) Jeez. I I hope he acts better than he cries. Um, He likened it to being a contestant on the X Factor. So uh, think of it like American Idol. Um, He says, but without the TV show around it, it was intense. So the the process of being cast, the auditions, all of that. um, He said when he read the script, uh, his character, Finn, was his favorite. He said he's quirky, charismatic, and funny. He's dope. He's a heightened Hollywood leading man version of myself. His story is so epic. So some real positivity coming from John Boyega. Big surprise there. He's, uh, you know, the short time that he's been uh, a part of the Star Wars family, he certainly has uh, become a, a fan favorite and likes to get in, talk to the fans. He is a fan in many ways. So, um but those tears, my gosh. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> anyway, again, contrast that to what Anthony Daniels has been saying about. Uh, by the way, speaking of Anthony Daniels and Anthony Daniels uh, discontent with the level of secrecy uh, and uh, the, the aging of his co-stars. He's been complaining about everything. There's another Star Wars actor complaining. And this is a pretty big deal, Jim. I I felt like they buried the lead here because I see this story in the Australian. Um, and uh, it says, Tim Rose frustrated at Star Wars secrecy. I'm thinking to myself, what well, Tim Rose, uh, what is he mad about? Is he mad because he was in Return of the Jedi and they're not letting him in on this uh, Force Awakens stuff? What's going on? Well, it turns out he's in the Force Awakens. He's reprising his role as Admiral Akbar from Return of the Jedi in the Force Awakens. This is big news. Now, the, the, the thrust of the story is that he's not real happy. He's not real happy. He said he, you know, you got Anthony Daniels saying that that Disney's like the Kremlin. You got Tim Rose talking about that it's like being uh, in Guantanamo Bay. How, yeah, how, how much time has he spent in Guantanamo? Star Wars actor Tim Rose is frustrated at the amount of secrecy. Why? Why? Why does he? Why would he be frustrated by that? Who does he need to tell about the film? <laughs> I mean, why does he feel this urge? Why, why, why is everyone all of a sudden channeling their inner David Prowse? And, and, you know, I mean, Lucasfilm is once bitten, twice shy. Prowse went out there between Star Wars and Empire and revealed that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Okay. He did that in a print interview before. There's evidence out there. It's all online. I think it was between uh, Empire and Jedi. And what he did was confirm. Oh, he, oh, is that what? Yeah, he confirmed you know I, that it was true. God, I swear to God, I saw an interview with him prior to Empire coming out. Really? Where he, yes. I'll have to dig that okay, up. Okay. All right. Well, we Very know that true. there was a big controversy. I just, maybe, maybe I've got the timing mixed up. I thought it was between Empire and Jedi because it was on the set of Jedi that he was kind of an outsider. They really treated him, apparently on the set of Jedi as, uh, you know, kind of person, persona non grata. And Bob, um, Bob Anderson, the stuntman, did most of the uh, in-suit business for Vader uh, up until they got to that throne room duel. And they needed uh, somebody to chuck Ian McDiarmid down the ventilation shaft of the Death Star. And Bob Anderson was unable to do it. They tried many, many times. They tried... McDermott up on uh, cables and all different kinds of things. And finally, Prowse said, I can do it. And he picked him up and in one take, just threw him down there. <laughs> just chucked him. Just chucked him down there. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, so Tim Rose. Now, Tim Rose has been, uh, you know, many Star Wars uh, conventions and events. He's he's uh, always been, a, from what I understand, a, a, a super nice guy. There's a yeah. lot, of, lot of fans, real fond of uh of tim rose always takes time out again played admiral akbar he's uh he's a he's a puppeteer um and uh specializes in animatronic masks and that sort of thing so you know, i just Absolutely. love that yeah. jj is bringing these guys back even even tim rose well it's that devotion to accuracy 
he wants to get it right, so he's getting the, the same people in there to, to redo it. It's just funny, though, that Tim is taking this stance where he's you know, publicly saying he's frustrated at the secrecy. I, I don't understand why he would, he would be re, you know, responding in that way, but he goes in to say he's very frustrated. Uh, out of the need to be secret, we're not actually able to get everything we need to do our jobs as well as we could. So... There you go. That's that's what it's all about right there. He just he wants information probably about the plot to help him provide the significant motivation he needs to for the character of Akbar. And he apparently did not get that sort of information on set. And he feels maybe like he's being treated like a child. He feels like somebody who's been involved in Star Wars for a long time. Sure, he was only on the set of Return of the Jedi for a matter of weeks or a few months back in the 80s. And he hasn't really done anything else in a Star Wars production per se, but he has been out there, like you said, Jason, at the conventions and everything. So he does understand, he does uh, assume a certain stewardship for Star Wars and understands the, uh, the, the responsibility that comes along with it. He says, as someone who's been doing it for 35 years, I find it very frustrating. He's not talking about performing Akbar because obviously he only did it one, he was one and done with Akbar mm-hmm. in and out, you know, spent a, a summer shooting. But, um, when he says for someone who's been doing it for 35 years, he's talking about the fan relations. He's talking about the PR. He's talking about being someone who is an ambassador for Star Wars. And he thinks he should get a little more respect for that, that level of accomplishment that, that he's been able to attain by going out there at the conventions and being that guy who relates with the fans. And by the way, Tim Rose's lines were never that long at the convention until it's a trap became a meme. All right. <laughs> yeah. And you then should, should yeah. be sending residuals to robot chicken. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, very, very true. Very true. It did become a meme and uh, Admiral Akbar you know, was at one time considered to be the replacement of uh, the mascot for Ole Miss. Oh he my was God. almost, almost a uh, the Ole Miss mascot, if you remember that story. Uh, but he does liken his experience on set to uh, being a prisoner at Guantanamo. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Well, um, he like what he it, he compares it to waterboarding or uh, what? Well, as a matter of fact, he does. I mean, he says that you know the whole idea of getting in one of those suits and and you know being encased in foam latex, and he says uh, it's it's um, uh, the, 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 those conditions are comparable to the way that prisoners are interrogated in detention camps. I hear what he's saying. Sensory deprivation, suffocation from lack of air, the rising oh, body temperature, all that stuff. You know, uh, but this comes on the heels of Anthony Daniels' comments, and so you just can't help but, but you know, sort of lump them together that there's, you know, I mean, there's some of us that are out there saying, well, Tim, you should probably be pretty pleased that they thought to ask you back. Absolutely. I remember there was a time in the 90s when Star Wars Insider was trying to track down Tim Rose. They had no idea where to find him. They were dying to interview him. And so they got so frustrated that they actually put it out in print 
in a, 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 an issue of the magazine, it said, we are looking for Tim Rose. If you know where to find him, <laughs> let us know. And so that's, you know, then Tim got reintroduced into Star Wars and realized that he can uh, make a living out on the uh, conventions. And uh, he was out in Japan. It's Star Wars Celebration Japan back in 2008. And uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with him. And, and we had a long conversation about not only the characters he performed in Star Wars, characters like Cy Snoodles and Admiral Akbar, of course, but uh, some of his work he did with the Muppets and uh, the role he played in creating Howard the Duck. Yes, it's true. Tim Rose was Howard the Duck. But uh, here's me and Tim talking a little bit about Akbar. I didn't really sink my teeth too much into the whole Akbar thing. Remember, this was back in 2008. It's a trap wasn't the meme. So I didn't even bring it up to him because no one was thinking in those terms back then. If they were, it was very fresh on the, the pop culture landscape. The whole it's a trap joke. But uh, here's me and Tim sitting down in uh, Chiba, Japan, back in summer 2008, talking Akbar. There were two versions of Akbar. I had a uh, full body suit mm-hmm. with, with a mask. Right. And um, the features of the mask were cable controlled. Mm-hmm. So they all came down my back and out, out the cuff of my trousers, as it were. And they were operated by Mike Quinn, who did Nine Numb in the movie. Yes, yes. And he did uh, the mouth sync while I did the dialogue in the suit. Yeah. And then the second version, Akbar was a hand puppet, so my head's actually inside the chest. Yes. And I'm operating the head, the mouth, the right arm, and Mike's doing the left arm and the eye blinks for that. Right. And obviously you didn't do the actual voice that we hear on screen for Admiral Akbar. Well, you see, no, that was done by Eric Beversfeld. Okay. And he's uh, in San Diego. Is he still around? Do you ever? He is indeed. Touch yeah, yeah. We email each other and talk. So there you go. I was going to ask uh, who that was. That's not a name that you hear very often. The voice yeah, I, actor that did Akbar. And, and I, I know that he's Eric um, is very advanced in age, and I, I don't know if he's still with us. Something tells me he might have passed away in the last year. But he is the guy, Eric. Uh, I believe he said Bowersfield was his name. He's the guy who actually said, it's a trap. Yeah, Eric Bowersfield. Bowers, Bowersfeld, I'm sorry. Uh, he was a radio guy who uh, did the voice of Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Oh. And, uh, who else? And, and he did do Admiral Akbar. Um, having trouble really finding... Whether or not this uh, gentleman is alive or dead, I, I believe he's alive because typically when you punch up a guy online and yeah, well, you don't you don't see two years underneath his name. Yeah, he's he's ninety three years old, oh and goodness. he is yeah ninety three years old, living in San Diego and uh, still kicking, still kicking. Yeah. And you know what? Hey, hey, with J.J. Abrams. Showing the devotion and accuracy by bringing back the puppeteer who performed Admiral Akbar. Maybe he is in contact with Eric. Maybe Eric still can get that Akbar sound. Well, I don't know. At, at 93 years old, uh, I bet he's making a lot of sounds. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Akbar is necessarily one I don't of know. them. I don't re- know. I remember my grandfather going <laughs> a few times, so that might, that might not be so much of a stretch. Um, but you know what? The story does end on a high note uh, because Tim Rose, again, unlike in this case, Anthony Daniels, 
uh, says, what I can say about the new movie is that if you were a fan of the original three, you're going to absolutely love this one to bits. And um, he says, you can expect a smorgasbord of people you love, referring to more original players returning to Star Wars. So how cool is that? Tim Rose back in Star Wars. I think he could go a little easy on the rhetoric and comparing it to, you know, uh, a prison camp for enemy combatants. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I understand what he's talking about, though. Remember when I tried to put on that Bith head at Celebration? I lasted about two and a half seconds in that thing. Imagine being head to toe in an Admiral Akbar suit. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, so uh, Lupita Nyong'o, we brought her up a little bit ago. I speculated that maybe that that was her in the, our guest the voice game. It wasn't, but uh, you can hear her as part of a Vogue interview, right, Jim? And Star Wars came up? Yeah, Lupita was uh, recently on the cover of Vogue magazine. It was her second time on the cover. Along with the release of the magazine was a a video profile on Lupita where she was asked 73 questions in rapid succession as she strolled around in, like, the Vogue wardrobe department. She was getting ready to shoot her cover. And they have, you know, you can can imagine, this is a Vogue magazine. They have a giant wardrobe department where top models frequently visit to do photo shoots for Vogue. And so Lupita, she was... uh, kind of just wandering around in the wardrobe room and uh, this uh, writer for Vogue was launching questions at her left and right. And so I went through all 73 questions and I isolated all the relevant Star Wars material. So let's hear Lapita talk a little bit about her character and her contributions, maybe, to uh, The Force Awakens. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Empire Strikes Back. Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? Han Solo. C-3PO or R2-D2? R2-D2. How many CGI dots did you wear while filming The Force Awakens? Oh, I don't know for sure, but I think it was more than 168. It's a very specific number. I like specificity. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) What? What is this doing here? No idea how that got there. (laughs) Show us some moves. Be careful, though. Like no spoiler alert. <laughs> no. Second to last question, mm-hmm. Lupita. Can you say anything about the new Star Wars movie coming out? No. Last question, Lupita. Yeah. Can you reconsider your answer to the second to last question? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she just calmly and politely says no. Yeah. She doesn't uh, start complaining about no. how awful it is. No, she doesn't seem frustrated by the secrecy. She's she's all down with it. No, yeah, she is. Yeah, she's she is down with it. I, you know, uh, it, it's just interesting to me that you know these the younger uh, generation uh, they they they're fine with this. They're fine with these these tactics and these techniques. I, I don't, you know, for guys like Tim Rose and Anthony Daniels. I mean, my gosh, uh, I mean Lucasfilm. And George, uh, they they practically you know pioneered the whole idea of covert <laughs> filming. You know, Blue Harvest. Anyone? I mean, creating a whole phony production title and a logo and all of that. And um, Anthony and Tim are still struggling with this whole idea of uh, of it being 
So secretive. Anyway, well, we're going to have to skip. You know what? We can save those for another time. Uh, All right, Jim, we may not know if the trading cards we were discussing earlier were legitimate, but one thing we do know for sure is that any card you get as part of the Tops Card Trader app is a legitimate and official Lucasfilm piece of merchandise. Right, right. We're not playing games here. This is the real deal. This is Star Wars card trading on your mobile device. And it's amazing. It's so much fun. You're opening packs every day. You're collecting sets and subsets and chase cards, inserts. You're trading with other fans. From Tops comes the all-new digital card trading app, Star Wars Card Trader. For the first time ever, collect and trade everything from legendary 1977 Star Wars cards to new cards featuring exclusive content from Star Wars The Force Awakens. And I'm starting to gather up quite the collection of Force Awakens cards. And every time I open up that app, it just, A, I get hungry for more Star Wars The Force Awakens cards, and uh, B... I just can't wait until the film opens up. It's like every time you see something online, you see it on the Card Trader app, uh, action figures on my shelves now are just taunting me, saying, ah, 11 weeks, 11 weeks. But like I said, before you know it, it's going to be here. We're all going to be sitting in the theater. And to to burn up some of that time over the course of the next 11 weeks, you want to be collecting and trading Everything on the Star Wars Card Trader app. Of course, you can always trade with us here at RFR. Just search username Rebel Force Radio and do it all from the comfort of your mobile device. The top Star Wars Card Trader app. These are the cards you're looking for. It's unthinkable. Wow, we've got... uh several unthinkable stories uh this week uh some good stuff here this the first one uh comes from the metro in the uk get this jimmy check this out a guy living over in abu dhabi had an opportunity to be in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Executives had agreed to let this guy in the film. He's a Star Wars fan. And he runs a a, a resort in Abu Dhabi. But he turned it down. He turned down the opportunity to be in Star Wars. All right, hold on. Let me get this right. Hold on. Okay. So the he's guy's a fan. In, he's a fan. He, he's a Star Wars fan. He's working at a resort in Abu Dhabi. Yep. And and the filmmakers agreed to let him in the film, like probably as an extra or something. Yeah, you know, to, to be a, to play a stormtrooper. Yeah. It, oh, oh, there it is. It says right there, mm-hmm. a stormtrooper. Wow, a stormtrooper. That's big time. So, um, so I why do you why do you assume that this deal was made? Maybe some of the crew was using the resort. Oh, That's the could only, be. Yeah, yeah, right. He. He had naked pictures of somebody. I don't know. You know you <laughs> it it would have had to have been some sort of trade deal or something. Yeah, he's a Star Wars fan. He's running this uh, resort. You got people maybe staying there, as you say, or or dining there. Some, for some reason, somehow, some way, this guy was able to swing this deal. But he did not take them up on it. And well, the question is, why? Why wouldn't he do that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he was in love. He had just met... 
a girl, Crystal, through an online dating service and uh, mutual friends. I don't know how you get both. Either it's one or the other. Anyway, they met um, online. Oh, they met online through mutual friends. Okay. Uh, I guess I don't know how that works. Here. Uh, that's, that's a, what is it? A Facebook post? Oh, you don't know. I don't know how this is done these days. Uh, we're middle-aged Star Wars fans. What we're we? not expected to know how things like that work. Right. We're not enlightened. Um, but anyway, so the two had a whirlwind night together. Ooh. That sounds interesting. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, and Crystal decided that she wanted to ramp things up. And she asked her boyfriend if uh she would if he would agree to meet her parents and apparently the date that they had planned for this big meeting interfered with the date that he was supposed to show up on set and play a stormtrooper in Star Wars episode 7 The Force Awakens he said uh, he had a difficult decision to make quote i was either it was either i meet her family or be a stormtrooper but if i del- what was i to do if I delayed, someone else might whisk her away. What in the world is going on here? Now, there's so many things racing through my head. I, I just I'm trying to, to figure out just like where to grab hold of this thing. Now, okay, so he met her, and it sounds like they went on one date, a whirlwind night. Okay, yeah, right. It sounds like well, maybe, you know what he's thinking with. Yes. And so something tells me it's it, this is much more than just come and meet the parents. This is like, you know, come and meet the. the yes, they are my parents, but they're soon to be grandparents. Oh. If you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so I think she had this guy, you know, I mean, he had to do the right thing. That's the part that's being left out of the story is the fact that. He knocked her up. Because, really? Wait, wait yes. a minute. So you're saying that the only way that this makes sense is if they had a little bun in the oven. They had a little oops after their, their whirlwind night. It's the only way to make sense of this, right? Or if one of the parents was on a deathbed. But still, even then... I mean, come on. You've never met him before. You only took this girl out once. Yeah. This is Star Wars we're talking about here. Stormtrooper, you can be one. Yeah. Um, it, it had to have been something. I mean, you that, could not have moved this to another date? Of course you could have. Now, just, okay, now, throwing my crazy analysis out the window, let's just go with what we have from the story, okay? Mm-hmm. This guy is not giving us any indication that he had to keep this appointment with the family of his girlfriend, except for one. He's worried someone's going to swoop in and take her away. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that obviously is something that's a possibility. Someone's lurking around, mm. going to make a move on Crystal here. And this guy, his, he does not want that to happen. Okay, so I understand his motivation, but still, gosh, we're talking about Star Wars here. There's only one choice to be made, and that is dump her. 
<laughs> and move on and be in Star Wars. Maybe you meet a girl on the set who's 20 times well, see, better I than like, I liken this to this is sort of a test, right? If she can't see how important this is to him. Then why say, go know, further? Then why, right, right, right. Why go further? I know I have friends and they sometimes, Do? I not many, mm. all right? <laughs> I'll be like, what? You're not going to the Stones concert? Why? He's like, well, I got this honey-do list. I'm honey-do list? What the? And I was like, oh, you know, happy wife, happy life. And I'm saying, are you happy? You're missing the Stones because you have a to-do list? Negotiate, man. So that's kind of like where I'm coming from on all this. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. and I think like a lot of guys would probably really give it some serious thought. And say, do I consider this relationship with her if she is going to keep me from from being in Star Wars, realizing every kid's dream is to be in Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's what leads me back to the bun in the oven, Mm -hmm. because that is the one thing, Jason, I'm trying to put myself in this loser's shoes. That's the one thing that I could think of that might make me hesitate. Yeah, yeah. There's but that's not in the story. It's not in the story. I, I think we got a guy that's just... Uh, Loser! A little whipped. Maybe. Step aside. No. no, he doesn't deserve it. No. You're right. You're right. You're right. I agree. It all works out for a reason. Let's bring in Sync back. Let's get them to get their cameos. Right, right. Well, you know, I mean, this is a very similar story to how our uh, friend DC Barnes was brought in through the UNICEF and the Force for Change. He won that, that contest and was able to go out to, uh, to London and actually appear as some sort of extra. In yeah, Star- you know what? I, I'd like to hopefully we can follow up with him after the movie comes out and uh, the embargo's lifted. Yeah, he listens to Rebel Force Radio, and he's definitely been in touch with us and stuff and seems like a real good guy. That's great. Uh, I know someone who doesn't seem like a real good guy. This guy, uh, Colin Coward. Have you heard of him before, Jim? Coward. Um, Yes, I actually have. I actually have. He's uh, formerly of ESPN Radio, now with Fox Sports. Yes. Well, he was... um, on the radio and uh, railing against this idea that, that uh, WTBS or TBS, they are forming their own uh, gaming league and they're going to broadcast weekly matches. So we're talking about computer gaming, online gaming, um, video games, essentially. And um, so, so Colin was just, you know, as a sports journalist and commentator he was just outraged outraged i mean apparently back when he was before he went to fox he was at espn and uh, he said that he would quit espn if he was ever asked to cover competitive gaming right Um, and apparently this is something that espn wants to do more and that might explain why he's no longer uh with them um, but anyway, it's it's so it's not you know look the guy can have his opinion about whether or not gaming is is worthy of uh, being covered uh, by uh, you know sports talk sports radio whatever it's the way that he describes your typical gamer. This is clip of Colin Cowherd. Hey, 
Now, let me just set oh, this up a oh, little bit. Oh, okay. All right. Because it, it, this is part of a longer clip, but I just wanted to get to the, uh, the, the part that really affects us. Um, what Colin does is, is basically, you know, give that opinion that you just, you just threw out there. He does not want to have anything to do with competitive video gaming on ESPN or Fox. He just hates the idea of it, okay? I kind of get it, you know. When I, I, sometimes I'm in the mood for some sports, so I'll put on the ESPN, and it's a bunch of yahoos sitting around a card table playing poker. And I'm like, this that, that's not a sport. So I, I get it. I get what what Colin's thinking. And, and I agree with Colin. I, I, don't, I don't think that competitive gaming has any place on ESPN. It's not a sport. It's a competition, yes, but it's not a sport. And that's what ESPN is all about. So um, pushing that aside. We're going to get into a little segment of Colin's show called The Herd, because his name is Colin Cowherd, or if you say it fast enough, Colin Coward. Um, Colin decides that he is going to do this, uh, this uh, like a, a reenactment of uh, what this particular gamer, they, they showed a, a clip of competitive gaming. And so there was a, a guy in the clip, I think his name was Stuart, and he is like, the world's greatest competitive video gamer. And so Colin is going to do a little parody of, of him uh, retiring to his, uh, his place after a day of competitive gaming. It's a huge deal. It gets bigger than the Super Bowl in other countries. Yeah, great. We also have play-by-play of, of the winner there, Spencer, uh, as he left the event and went home. Here it is. There goes Spencer. He's leaving the event and walking across the street to his mom's house where he still lives at 29. He goes over to the refrigerator, opens it up. He's got a hot pocket. Oh, yeah. Microwave next. Look at the cheese. Yeah, big night for Spencer. Now he's going upstairs to his room, a room where a girl has never entered. He sits down, look at that Star Wars collection, and goes to town on the hot pocket. There is your eSports champion, Spencer. That's so mean. I guess I was a little mean there. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll proud of myself for being a little mean there. Now, of course, you obviously heard the, the part that is offensive to us here at Rebel Force Radio. It's the part when uh, Spencer takes his hot pocket to his room, a room where a girl has never been, and he looks at his Star Wars collection. Oh, Oh, Colin, you just, no, you didn't. You just threw Star Wars under the bus with your nerd hate. I'm not liking what I'm hearing from you, man. And your, your delivery is all full of phony baloney and your production sucks. Okay. <laughs> That's one radio guy to another guy. Colin is lumping Star Wars fans in with losers who stay home with their moms at age 29 eating hot pockets and never having a relationship with a woman is that the most stereotypical bit of garbage you've ever heard about genre fandom and this is coming off the heels of that great piece written by chris borelli in the chicago tribune that did so much to destroy those stereotypes about older Star Wars fans or genre fans or even gamers. Apparently, Colin has taken it upon himself to, to raise the flag of hatred toward video gamers. And 
what he is is missing is the big picture here is the fact that competitive video gaming on YouTube is about as popular as the Super Bowl is on network broadcasting. It it can't be ignored. Do I want to see ESPN or Fox Sports cover it? No. But what he's doing in, is then just painting this broad stroke, you know, the, the, the whole nerd portrait again. Well, the thing so that, yeah, yeah. And that it, bugs me. And, and the other thing about Colin. Everyone I, knows that those are Trekkies. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Star Wars fans. That, that's the Star Trek fans. At, at, at one time... The idea of dressing up, going to conventions, being a nerd, all those all those stereotypes, those were all owned and directed at Star Trek fans. Star Wars was different. Star Wars was more mainstream, more cool, less cerebral, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but that uh, changed. That during changed. During yes, the prequel did. era, it changed. And all those jokes that you would hear directed at, at Trekkies were suddenly being directed at Star Wars fans. And it it lacked originality then, and it really lacks originality now in 2015 when Colin Cowherd, Cowherd, at Fox Sports is 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 spewing out his garbage. It's not funny. It's stupid. So we're just telling it like it is on Rebel Force Radio. Colin, yeah, go away, man. That's just not cool. Yeah, if I have to hear one more jock or sports guy, whatever deride Star Wars or any kind of genre fans and and look down their nose at them when they've got idiots in the bleachers wearing masks and painting their chests and uh, doing the things that they do. You know, it's it's all the same. It's all expressing a love, a devotion, a passion for something. And uh, so, but, but, you know, it's always these jocks that want to look down at the quote unquote nerds and they need to look at themselves. Like Colin Cowherd. Anyway. Enough of that. Hey, by the way, if you've been hanging on our Facebook page, we, we had a little bit of a... I, I call it a happy accident. If, if, you, if you happen to see the video of the little boy wearing the Hasbro Chewy voice-changing mask... Um. It's just gone crazy. Yeah. This video has gone crazy. It's by far, I think, Jim, the, the, the biggest thing that we've ever posted. Yeah, well, I know it is. Um, previously beating out the Star Wars theme park design that a listener sent us over the oh, summer. Right. right. Remember, that was a big deal. Uh, I think that was our, our previous record holder as far as reach for a single post on Facebook. But uh, earlier this week, Jason, you, um, I, I guess you were at a, a friend or neighbor's son's birthday party and you, you bought him the Chewbacca mask and you shot a little video of it. Uh, some very good friends of ours, so one of my very best friends, um, their daughter and my daughter share a birthday. Uh, their daughter is on September 26th. My daughter's on September 29th. And uh, so we got the girls together there and, and we celebrated their, their birthdays. And my son's birthday is September 14th. And so our friends hadn't seen my son in time for his birthday. So at, out of the four kids, so you had the two girls and my son all getting birthday presents. Well, their son, uh, his birthday's in March. 
So he wasn't going to get a birthday present. Right. So he had all three of the kids getting birthday presents. And I was not going to show up and, uh, you know, without having something for the little boy, Peyton. And uh, what, you know, his dad is, is, is you know, he, he's Star Wars generation like we are, Jim, um, but not a super fan. And, uh, yeah, they watched a little Clone Wars together, watched a little Rebels together. But, you know, but still, you know, n- nothing you know, of, of any, you know, significance. But I just thought that this Chewie mask was so much fun. And I thought, you know what? Even if he doesn't see it as a Chewbacca mask, it makes a heck of a Bigfoot mask. So what kid doesn't love Bigfoot? So I got it for him and he just fell in love with it. He, lo- he thought it was the funniest, uh, craziest thing. And um, he was running around with it and he was trying to kind of, you know, make it work. And he just looked so funny. And I just grabbed my phone and I shot this like five second video of him working this mask and uh it's it's hilarious it's it's gone out it's it's reached you know hundreds of thousands of people uh, over a half a million people have seen this <laughs> yo yeah as, and, of, uh, as of you know three days later after you posted this thing it's like a vine guys it's it's really short and quick it's like jason said five or six seconds of a kid demonstrating this chewbacca mask it's amazing because the mask is making the chewy sound. It's coming through loud and clear. And, and you see his eyes moving around in the mask. It's crazy. <laughs> and it's so cool. And people saw it and just went nuts for it. It's, it's got almost 700,000 uh, views at this point. I mean, it's just gone crazy. And um, so, uh, yeah, go to our, our Facebook page and check it out. It's, it's quite enjoyable, actually. Uh, I, you can watch it. 20 times in two minutes. <laughs> um, but, but I say I say in the post, I say, you know, and it's so true, whether you're a Star Wars fan or not, that is such a fun toy. It's a really fun Oh, toy. yeah, absolutely. You know, kids are having a blast with Star Wars stuff. You know, um, Dylan, he walked around the uh, White Sox Park with me during Star Wars Day wearing the uh, Captain Phasma mask. Oh, that's right. Love it. Yeah. You know, they just get so into it, and uh, it makes us proud as parents to see him doing it, too. So that is fantastic. So, so uh, good job, Jason. You know, <laughs> we were... We were talking about this. I said, hey, wow, check this out. You know, this uh, post you put up here has reached like 60,000 people, and you only put it up yesterday. That's pretty amazing. And then like two hours later, I'm like, wait a second. It's at 120. (laughs) It doubled in like two hours, and then it just went. Somebody must have linked up to it, and just or a lot of people have, and it's just been spreading like wildfire, man. Wildfire. It's it's a lot of fun. And it's uh, he's a good kid. He's a really fun kid, and. Uh, I was just glad to see it. And he's got a little, uh, you know, anonymity. But I did. I tell I told his mom because um, I was I just texting her saying, you know, all right, you're up to three hundred thousand. You're up to four hundred thousand. And uh, she's like, there's nothing, you know, all that special about it. I said, no, there's something in his eyes. There's something. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> the eyes. Way, the way he, because it's like. He can't believe those sounds are coming out. Right, right, right. Out of them. And it's just silly looking. But yeah. but both you and me, Jason, we're like, yeah, we don't get social media at all. <laughs> we no, don't get no, it we- at all. <laughs> put together. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're working our butts off to, yeah. you know, put out these shows and all this stuff. And I take a, a three-second, five-second clip of a friend of mine's son wearing a Chewbacca mask and it goes crazy. You just never know. There's no science to this stuff, guys. There's absolutely no science to it. All right, we got one last one here. This is just a little bit of something uh, 
uh, to send you on your way. But this has been all over the Internet. It's been seen by uh, 15 million people and counting showed up on Facebook. This is just great. You know, Star Wars is everywhere. We say that all the time. It's everywhere you look, even in the bathroom, even in a public toilet. What are you talking about? Talking about an electronic toilet dispenser. I don't even know if it's electronic. I don't, I don't think it is. I think it's just when you pull the paper from the roll inside yeah, just, this dispenser. It's just your normal uh, toilet paper dispenser that you see, you know, out in a public, in public, bathroom. public bathrooms. They like hold those giant rolls of toilet paper, you know? <laughs> right. They're like, they're like the size of a, 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 a wheel to like a, a Ford F-150, you know? <laughs> and it, it, they're just huge. Well, apparently there's one that, well, sounds like Chewbacca. Listen for yourself. So the guy's pulling the toilet paper, and the, 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 the roll dispenser is making the Chewbacca noise. Let's hear that again. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. It's, we have to do the comparison then. We, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You, sir, uh-huh. Jason, yeah. you are going to fire off the uh, toilet toilet paper roll dispenser. Okay, all right. On cue. And I am going to fire off a Chewbacca immediately afterwards. And uh, we're, we're going to do a comparison. It, it, this might take a few hours, actually, because we're going to be very scientific <laughs> about this. Very scientific. But um, I'll tell you what. Let me just get my, my sound ready here. All right. And all right. Uh, I, I think this is going to be just a very thrilling scientific exploration into... Uh, what makes a, a Wookiee wipe? Right. I think. The- <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Chewbacca sounds. Let's. Does uh, a Wookiee crap in the woods? <laughs> all right. I don't go know. Ahead. We're gonna find out. I, toilet right. paper toilet roll. Toilet paper first. roll. All right. Here we go. Here's toilet paper chewy. <laughs> Ooh, that sounded weird. Um, That's okay. close. You That's try- real close. Let's try it again. Didn't didn't quite capture the uh, the the, the, uh, the energy <laughs> level I think we're looking for. We we need to get Chewy some coffee. I, and, uh, let's try again. All right, all right. Once again, the toilet paper roll. <laughs> there was something there. There's something there. I I could see that. I've made noises like that while sitting on the toilet. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Myself, I but my toilet paper roll never has. Well, anyway, let's try, let's try another one. All right, one here more. we go. All right, here we go. Oh yeah, been there, been there. Oh jeez. All right. Well, we thought you would enjoy that uh, little a little a little potty humor for you. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, 
We're going to be a little bit late next week, as uh, Jimmy said, but uh, we'll get a show out for you. You'll have to listen to find out why. Why the delay? Well, you'll hear all about it next week. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors this week, Little Debbie Snack Cakes, Tops, and the Star Wars Car Trader app, and uh, our good friends, as always, at Dirkside Toys. If you'd like to play with, play with us in between shows, we'd love to hear from you. Show at rebelforceradio.com. That's the email address, the voicemail line, 708-320-1737 or 708-320-1RFR. Leave us a voicemail. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can be found at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank. Our Facebook page, just search for Rebel Force Radio. A lot of action going on there, including the viral video of my friend's son in the chewy mask. Now, he definitely sounds like the toilet paper roll. <laughs> at our official website, rebelforceradio.com. Don't forget about iTunes, if it's working for you. I'm just saying. We, we heard things. Some of you having some trouble with iTunes, but it still is the number one source for podcasts. So please do search, subscribe, review Rebel Force Radio at iTunes. Love to have those rev- reviews. Just one rule. Make them good. And you can uh, stream and listen to Rebel Force Radio at WGNplus.com. We're on the Stitcher app. You can find us in Pocket Casts and just about anywhere else where you are able to download podcasts. And if you don't see us, add us. You can also find us weekly at JediNews.co.uk, Yodasnews.com, Sandtroopers.com, and the official Star Wars website, StarWars.com. And you can stream us just about each and every Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern at srsounds.com. All right, we'll see you next time. Love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm (laughs) middle-aged. And remember... The Force will be with you, always. Di <laughs> <laughs>